and welcome to the New Model Advisor podcast. I'm Laura Perkis. I'm a reporter for New Model Advisor, and I'm joined today by David Miles, founder of the PPC Machine, which works with Google Ads and other pay-per-click advertising platforms to help businesses generate leads through their own websites. So naturally, David and I are going to be discussing lead generation, including how your business can generate leads effectively through your own website, the potential issues with using third-party lead generators, and the problems with regulating online adverts. Hi, David. Thanks for joining me. How are you? Hi, Laura. I'm very well, thank you. Great. So, David, can you briefly explain what it is that your business does for the benefit of listeners? Yes, sure. So, uh, my business, uh, we use digital marketing to help um, clients predominantly in the financial services sector to um, generate their own leads from their own websites rather than having to buy them in from third-party lead generators. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so I've come across a number of adverts on Google recently where businesses are obviously trying to generate their own leads um, but are genuinely misrepresenting what they do in some way and are misleading customers. And that's ignited some concern that Google ads are quite easy to manipulate and are not that well regulated. So what is your experience with this? And are online adverts quite difficult to regulate? Uh, they are They are difficult to regulate. There's several reasons for that. Um, I think the biggest issue is the fact that there are there are just so many online ads out there. So even just taking you know, the one platform, Google Ads, that you, that you mentioned, there's virtually no limit to the number of ads that a single advertiser can have. So, um, so in order to regulate, I mean, you've just got to shift, you know, the, the volume of things that need to be checked and regulated is massive. And, and also, of course, advertisers can, well, and they should, change and update their ads on a regular basis. So one of the things that with, where I, when I'm looking after clients advertising or when I'm training them to do it themselves, I always say you need to be testing new ads all the time because a small change in the wording can get a better response and everything. So to try and insert a regulatory process into that yeah. would, would really slow down the, um, you know, the nature of how, it, of how it all works. Um, having said that, you know, Google do 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 an element of regulation around the ads and if you make claims which are which you know, they consider are too outlandish they will disapprove your ads and they have in within the last within about the last year they've got very hot both on google ads and organic traffic on what they call your money or your life topics so anything around health and finance and things they are they are tied to on that <clears throat> That's interesting because there's quite there's quite a lot of concern at the moment, especially that there are there's been a rise in online scams um, targeting people affected by the coronavirus and targeting their money. Um, so, how or do you have any top tips on uh, how people can spot those kind of adverts and avoid them? Yeah, it's it's interesting how yeah how it's been an increase in that kind of thing. I guess maybe uh, maybe the criminal fraternity because they're on lockdown as well. They've got to find new ways of targeting people, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it, it is very easy to be taken in by, by online scams because there are people who are good at doing this stuff. It's it's not that difficult to make you know your website look exactly like a bank's website or whatever. I think the the key things are just to you know to just to question everything a bit more and say you know would would my bank really be asking me to move money from here to a you know to a different safe account and things like that and and also look at look at the URLs where you have a link so read anything you're sent so um, if you're looking if you receive an email on a desktop for example and it's got um, you know it says click here to go to the Barclays Bank website if you hover over it it will show you what the actual address is and if that isn't 
you know, barclays.co.uk in that example, then then don't don't click it. Um, also, as well, um, when you know, be aware that when emails come through, it might say in the header that it's from from your friend John Smith, but it's quite easy to actually spoof that. Um, and so check the actual sender address and make sure it really is from them. And and, and I would say as well, look at tone of language as well. I mean, I, I've had I've had things where, for example, someone an email comes through it allegedly from a colleague saying, "Can you pay this invoice today?" And you know from the way it's written that's not the way that person speaks or writes. So just you know, it's about being alert, really. That's scary. Messages from your own colleagues. <laughs> Great. Um, okay. Well, over the last few months, I've done a couple of investigations into not scams, but you know, so-called lead generation businesses uh, that have been misleading consumers in some way, either by misadvertising the firms they represent or by not disclosing any links they have to specific firms. Uh, so in this case, it's not necessarily businesses misrepresenting themselves online, but a third party misrepresenting them. Uh, so firstly, I mean, do you think firms should be responsible for making sure third parties advertise them accurately? I mean, it's very difficult for them to do that because yeah. a lot of the time um, the lead generators don't don't reveal where you know what websites they get their leads from, for example. So, right. um, and you know that's it, it's really unfair on the person buying the leads because ultimately you know they're not the ones giving the misinformation, yeah. and yet they're the ones whose reputation will suffer. Um, you know, if the, if the website that's generating the leads says they can offer I know, mortgages from 0.2% and the cheapest I've got is 5%, then it's them that looks bad, not the, not the company that generated the leads. So it is, it is something that people need to be really careful of. And I would, I would always advise if you are going to use a lead generation company, if they are cagey about you know, letting you know where they generate the leads from, then that, that I would say should ring, ring alarm bells and maybe look at someone else instead. Um. Yeah, so what are, what are some of the other biggest issues with using third-party lead generators? One of the issues that, that I think is always there, even if you get a really good lead generator who's doing everything by the book, the, the biggest problem you've got as the person buying the leads is that, that potential client that you're then going to be speaking to, they've not been exposed to your particular company and your particular brand before you get on the phone with them. So, um, you know, they've gone on to... Um, comparewhatever.com and filled in a form that then gets sold to to someone as a lead and when that when they're then phoned up they don't know this firm at all they just um so i know some lead generators do say who the lead's going to but a lot of the time they don't and even if they do you know it's just you know it's just the company name whereas if you generate your own leads from your own website um if you're doing it properly you've got lots of opportunities for the potential client to get to get to know your business, get to um, trust you and understand you a bit more before you even have that first contact on the phone. And that obviously you know, helps, um, helps with the conversion rate on the leads, I think. Yeah, so when I was doing these investigations, I actually went a bit undercover and I did put my details into a couple of sites. And from a consumer perspective, it's quite daunting being just, it's, it is effectively cold called, as you said, because you don't know who's contacting you. And yeah, I thought that was quite, quite alarming because a lot of people you know, if they're not really familiar with the, those kind of businesses, if it's new to them, they don't know the jargon. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. why do you, th I mean, why do you think it is that so many firms are still using these third party generators? Because uh, as far as I can tell, they're actually quite expensive to use um, and can't necessarily guarantee new business. I think the reason a lot of 
a lot of firms still use them is because they don't they don't know any better or or they or they know that there's a better way but they don't know how to generate their own um i mean that one of the you know, lead generation companies have been around in in the financial services sector for a, for a long long while so i think there will be a lot of uh, financial advisors mortgage brokers wealth managers who are you know that's the only way they know of doing their marketing and they would probably like to do um you know not be so reliant on them but just don't know how to do it or where to or where to start um but yeah it is it is a more expensive way of doing it and um and you've also you've got less control over you know what what leads you get and when you get them and, and as we said the, you know you don't know what information is being given to the prospect before you speak to them and whether you know whether it's accurate or not so this is obviously your expertise. So uh, how can businesses use Google Ads and their own websites to effectively generate their own leads rather than having to go through other businesses? As with, many, tips. <laughs> as with many things, it, it's, all, it's all in the planning, really. Um, so actually, uh, driving traffic to your website from Google Ads is really easy. Okay. <laughs> Good. Is getting the right kind of traffic and turning that traffic into into inquiries. So, um, my advice is before you even before you even start doing any kind of advertising, you need to be really clear on who your target audience is, what kind of clients you want to attract, and ideally identify one or two niches to operate in. So, um, for example, if um, if someone is looking to get clients who want pension advice, yeah. then if you go onto Google Ads and bid on you know, a generic keyword around pensions, that will be quite expensive, and you'll get all sorts of fairly untargeted people coming through. Whereas if you decide that you are going to specialise in a particular niche, and let's say you're going to be the specialist in pensions for doctors, for example, if you advertise on that, you're going to potentially spend less for each click, and the people coming through to your site are going to be coming to you because they're perceiving you as a specialist in that particular area. And as long as you don't follow that through and see with landing pages that talk about how you're the specialist in that area, that yeah. can be um, It's also sort of linked to that, really important to have a clear value proposition on your website or whatever page people land on. Now, what I mean by that is when, when people arrive on a website, they've, they've got three questions in their mind, whether they realise it or not. Where am I? what can I do here and why should I stick around here and do it? And if you've got a good value proposition on your, on your website that sums up what your business does and crucially what makes you different, then they'll answer those questions and they're more likely to stay around. And unfortunately, you see so many websites where um, you know, an IFA, for example, their, their, their headline on their site will typically say something like, uh, we we have access to the whole of the market so we can find you the best the best option for your circumstances. Well, they're all saying that. So why should I go to this particular financial advisor rather than rather than the ones down the road? And a lot of what I do with clients I work with before we even start doing the advertising, I spend a lot of time with them actually drilling into their business and what makes them different and extracting all that information, which is often there actually on other parts of the website. It's just it's tucked away on the about us page or, or something like that. Right. So you need to clear. And then I think the third tip is um, be able, have some system in place to nurture potential leads. So what I mean by that is if someone searches on, on Google, um, or particularly if you move into other kinds of advertising like Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads, when someone arrives at your website, they may not 
be ready to make an inquiry right away. Um, and they might be looking at several websites and we're going to come back next week and make an inquiry. Now, what you need to make sure is that in that intervening time, they don't forget about you. So it's really important that as soon as someone comes to your site, even if they're not going to make an inquiry yet, you, you find out who they are and get them into your sales funnel. So I, I strongly advise people to have what's called a lead magnet, and that can take various forms. So it's something basically that people can get in return for giving you their name and email address, basically. Now, that could be um, a downloadable guide. I'm not talking about newsletters, by the way, because newsletters are always about the company and not about the potential client. And the potential client doesn't care that you've just opened a new office or that's one employee of the month or whatever. So um, the lead magnet should be something which will be useful to the client, uh, is relevant to what they searched for. Um, and they can download that. And then once they've downloaded it, you can send them further useful information on a you know, day by day basis by email to keep you at the front of their mind, um, but also to, to automate that process of building up rapport with them, demonstrating your expertise and getting them to know, like, and trust you. So then actually the phone call often then ends up being initiated by the potential client because they'll email you back. Well, I've been reading your emails over the last few days and I was really interested in what you said about X, Y, Z. Can we have a conversation? And that's a much, much better starting point to be talking to a prospect. The other really good kind of lead magnet is quizzes because um, people, you know, human beings naturally like taking quizzes and, potentially, and particularly quizzes that tell them things about themselves. That's why yeah. it's so popular. I love a quiz. <laughs> so, you know, if, you're, if you're a financial advisor, for example, you can use that to your advantage by, you know, you can have a quiz around you know, what kind of, you know, test, test your financial knowledge, you know, and ask them a few questions, which give them a score at the end, which they might then share with friends and, you know, as you get a viral effect around it. Um, but it also can be useful for you to gauge from their answers what kind of potential client they are. are you know, are they the kind of client you even want? Um, and if so, you know, what areas are going to be most of interest to them? And then if you're sending them emails, you can make sure they're even more relevant to their particular needs. So there's all kinds of clever things you can do like that. Yeah. <laughs> sending the traffic to the site is almost like the afterthought, but it, it's getting all those things in place first of all. Right, so it's about identifying a niche, um, yeah. advertising that niche uh, front and centre, and yeah. uh, keeping leads interested, and then figuring out those leads so you can target things to them. Yes, and having the value proposition on the site, and talking about out what the client gets from it, because yeah. you know, no one wants a pension, for example. What they want is a happy retirement. Really. <laughs> uh, so, uh, trying to make your value proposition the outcomes yeah. of the client rather than the the product that you're selling. Because with the best one in the world, the, the products aren't sexy, but the outcome, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, I mean, going back to basics, I think quite quite a lot of people struggle even to, to know how to, to get an up-to-date good website uh, i mean do you think it's important for firms to have a professional up-to-date website from a consumer's perspective i mean what what is the importance of that when you're trying to generate leads it's it's vital when you're when you're trying to generate leads from things like google ads or facebook or linkedin because that is you know the only thing that people can judge you on and people have very short attention spans and they have a very sort of low threshold for you know things being difficult so if you're if you put any kind of friction in the way it's very easy to just click the back button, go back to Google and go somewhere else. Sometimes, even if you're not generating leads online, sometimes people say to me, oh, I don't need a good website because 
I get all my business from word of mouth and referrals and things. Well, that's great. But even if someone refers you, the person is potentially still going to go back and check out your website. Or if you've had an initial meeting with someone, they you might get on well with them at a networking event or something, but then they'll go back, go home or go back to their office and they'll look at your website. And the last thing you want is for your website to actually detract from all the good work you've done beforehand. Um, you know, it needs to it needs to look professional, it needs to give the right information. And so it, it is it is important. You will rightly or wrongly you will be judged on what the site is like. Brilliant. So for, for a new beginner, any other top tips on sort of SEO or how, how to get started on that stuff? Um, well, in terms of the website stuff, there is a, um, a very useful guide on my blog about how to how to create a lead generating website yourself from scratch. I'll uh, include a link to that below the podcast. And <laughs> about SEO and about value propositions, all the things I've spoken about, there's loads of info there. And if people want some free advice about it, I'm always happy to have a chat on the phone. So, you know, my, I think my, my biggest advice at the moment, because I'm not sure if this is going out, but we're recording this in the middle of middle of coronavirus lockdown. So my, <laughs> my biggest advice to people at the moment is, yes, everything's really quiet out there at the moment, but the situation will end at some point. And the, the canny businesses are using this extra free time to get all these things in place. So, you know, now is the time to be sorting out your marketing proposition, creating your lead magnets, starting a blog if you haven't got one, doing all those things. So as when the world does return to normality, you're ahead of the curve and you know, you're ahead of your competitors who've just sat there buried under a rock for a few months waiting for it all to be okay. <laughs> okay, brilliant. I will stop you there. That's been great insight for advisors, I think. So thank you very much, David. And thank you for everyone for listening. If you have any questions or views on this, feel free to get in touch and I will include all the links to David's guides and advice below. Uh, but otherwise, have a wonderful rest of your day and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.